on this episode of the Magic Business Podcast. When they first come to me, they just want to improve their performance and bookings. Then they start seeing that this is a business and that this can be scalable and this can turn into multiple sources of income. And this is an entity that when they retire, they can hand down to their kids. They can sell. It's an entertainment business that's got value. Some people retire on it. So there's a lot, of, uh, a lot more to it than meets the eye. Welcome to the Magic Business Podcast, where we share insightful and delightful inner secrets about the business of magic. This is where magic professionals present their real-life experiences and some of their most guarded secrets to help further your career in the magical arts. I'm your host, Christian Painter, in partnership with TheMagicOracle.club, where you can hear all of our Magic Business Podcasts. Robert Lang is based out of Las Vegas. He produces a nationally touring show and is working on a residency show in Branson. He has had an entertainment agency for the last 40 years, and he has booked entertainers such as Jeff Foxworthy, Adam West, and Kreskin. He is an entertainer, business consultant, and coach. Robin has a unique perspective on entertainers and magicians. I'm going to be really intrigued to hear his thoughts on coaching as he has coached over 500 magicians. Welcome to the show, Robin. Hey, Christian. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. This is uh, really going to be interesting, and I have really thought about these questions. And I'm going to hit you. There's, I, I hate to tell you this, Robin, you're going to get no breaks here. I'm going to hit you with hard <laughs> questions. Bring them on. Uh, well, my first question is, why do, why do people even need a coach or a consultant? Well, there's a variety of reasons, but I think the main thing is, is um, to learn more about the entertainment business itself. And also, it kind of depends where they're at in their their own performing journey. You know, if they're some people hire me as a beginner um, to to kind of shorten the learning curve and to to focus on what is most important or, or will be most beneficial to them. Other people may have been uh, going along their way and kind of hit a, a roadblock where they they can't get past a certain level or. Uh, they seem to have plateaued. And then I get other people that have been doing it for years and years and years. And they, they've heard me or they come across my information and feel that there's more. I always say you don't know how much you don't know. And a lot of people want to know, well, what is it that I don't know that could be helping me? You know, So it, it all depends where they're at in their journey. But uh, usually it's to gain industry, entertainment industry information. Uh, understand the difference between entertainment business and conventional business, and then how they can apply it directly to their business in their market at their point in their career. And they share their goals with me so that we can try to attain their goals. Okay, so already I'm hearing from you. It doesn't sound like this is a one-size-fits-all. No. No. Okay, so if I come to you, what are you going to do with me? Well, the first thing we do is we do a a current analysis of where you're at, uh, you know, uh, your level of experience. One, one of the things I talk about immediately are two things. Number one is from this point on, we are dealing in complete honesty. And I know that sounds so basic, but we're dealing with entertainers here, performers <laughs> who are always trying to hype themselves and promote themselves and see themselves maybe a little differently than they truly are. So we kind of bring that back to, to ground zero and we deal in complete honesty. And then the second thing we do is we talk about what level are you currently at? Uh, 
What level of performer are you at? All uh, magicians are not equal. You know, we've got different levels. The amateur, beginner, newbie, or hobbyist. Uh, the the part-time worker that's working for pay. The part-time worker that wants to go and become a full-time performer. The, the local full-time performer, local or regional. Then you get into, you know, people that want to... Uh, become a national performer, maybe tour or do residency shows. And then of course the celebrity performer. So we use complete honesty to first decide where they truly are. And then of course they can identify where they'd like to get to, but that's, that's how we start everything. Wow. Now, do you, do you uh, sometimes run into problems with people who have problems with honesty? All the time. And for some reason, and I, I when I say it, it sounds like I'm dissing magicians, but I see this with magicians almost more, if not completely more, than every other type of entertainer. I mean, I, I work with a lot of magicians, but I work with all kinds of entertainers, uh, DJs, uh, game shows, uh, hypnotists, variety performers, bands, you name it. I work with all kinds of comedians. But magic is kind of unique in the sense that there is no gatekeeper. There is no way to break into it. It usually starts with somebody getting a magic set for their fifth, sixth, or seventh birthday. And you just go to any, the majority of most entertainers' websites, magicians' websites, and that's the first thing you'll read. I started my interest in magic when I was seven years old and have not uh, stopped since then. So in their mind, if they're 30 years old, they've been doing magic 23 years. And <laughs> that's, that's the kind of honesty I'm talking about. You know, I remember for my fourth birthday, I got a Roy Rogers cowboy set. But there's not for a minute that I was in my 20s or 30s that I believed I was a cowboy. You know, I used to, to ride the horses outside of the Kmart for a quarter. But I never once thought I was a master <laughs> jockey, you know. It's right. just so ridiculous. So it's those kind of things that we kind of get back to the, the, the true basics and the the foundational level starts to, to develop from there. Now, when you since we're talking about the magicians anyway, is there a, a reoccurring problem that you see magicians have, or is it or is it just different for everybody? Both. It's different for everybody, and they think it's unique to them. But in reality, uh, it's very common with most people, and that is. Magicians are kind of a tight community where they tend to follow and listen to and, you know, YouTube videos and forums and books and courses and DVDs. They tend to follow other magicians. So they will only always know only as much as those that from what they picked up along the way. No, and, and they all operate from a me perspective. And what, what they think, what they feel, what they believe, what they like. And in reality, that's not the best way to start a business. Of course, by all means, you want to cater to your interests, but you also want to understand the industry, the business itself, and the marketplace, and then bring you into that. And I think that's a problem a lot of them have. They, uh, If they're new, they don't know where to begin and their head is spinning. If they've been doing it a while, they think they've been doing okay. And there's one exercise I have in our coaching where I say, now just imagine for a minute, just seriously imagine for a minute, complete honesty, if everything you think you know 
is completely wrong. And I'm not saying it is, but just imagine for a minute if you're doing something that you think is right and it's wrong and this is the reason why. And it's a great exercise for clarity and understanding operating from the industry perspective rather than just a me perspective. And and what do they come back with when you when you tell them that? What is the thing that they come back with? That there can be a different way than the way everybody is doing it. Or they may come back with a lot of questions like, well, why is it different? Why is this wrong? How would we're doing it differently change things? Gotcha. And the problem is a lot of people come to me and think that there's they've got everything pretty much down except there's one thing that's messing them up. And they're coming to get that one thing fixed. That one piece of advice <laughs> they don't know, that that one, you know, trinket of information uh, that, that that everybody else knows that they don't. And usually what they find out is it's much more than one thing. Success isn't based on one breakthrough. It's, it's it's many different things. But they usually realize, and this is the first eye-opener breakthrough, that they're asking the wrong questions. For example, I will get somebody that will come to me and say, I've been doing this for 15 years. I, I average about 60 to 70 bookings a year, and this is really good. However, you know, Things have gone up and, you know, I've got kids getting ready to go to high school and college and I need to make more money. So if I could just get more bookings and they think that's the one thing that's that's their problem. And when we really look at this in its purest sense, completely honesty from the ground up, they realize that it's not that. There are several other things that they can attribute to this of which getting bookings may be part of it, but that's not their real problem. So I think that's one of the surprises is, is what they think is their problem coming into it. They quickly realize that's not your problem. That's not your question. That's not your interest. And let's put all of this together and, and create the right approach. The other thing they, they miss out on is learning in the proper sequential order. Most of us start with a default business mentality of, hey, I'm doing this for a hobby. Hey, I'd like to start making some money with this. Oh, I got an offer to do a paid booking. Oh my gosh, was that fantastic. I got to do that some more. Then they start trying to get more bookings. And it, it's the, that's called what I call the default business model. They're always on this hamster wheel of chasing after the next booking. And I've done this example with a couple of my students where I said, I can come to your town. I can get you 12 bookings. And you'll do those 12 bookings, and you know what? You'll be right back where you were before, needing more bookings. So um, it's, it's a great example of at some point you've got to look beyond that default business model that kind of got you going to something that can help take you to the next level. You know, I'm intrigued when you said uh, kind of they don't know what they don't know yet. Uh, and, and in that, I'm going to ask you to uh, talk about something we talked about just before the show, where you were talking about uh, performers having, they need to have three different types of shows. Could you tell the listeners about that? Well, first off, let's start with magicians in spe uh, specifically. There are magicians, there are performers, and then there are entertainers. And those are three different things. A magician executes magic tricks. A performer creates a performance 
comprised of a magic tricks that is is designed to be a, a performance. In other words, it's a, a journey. It's a uh, something that engages the audience and takes them on this mystical journey and culminates with this. And then there's the entertainer that is a personality, entertains with magic, but magic is not the prime thing. When we start out, it's always about the magic tricks. Uh, as an entertainer, it's not. It's about personality. It's about connection and so on and so forth, using magic as your discipline. So I think um, one of the things that we work on is getting people to look beyond just magician to more of a performer or an entertainer. And as you're creating your entertainment business, I quickly stress, and most everybody finds this to be true, that success is made in the business behind our performance. Yes, you have to have a great performance, a market-ready professional performance, but the success of that performance is created behind the scenes. And there's a lot of things that are part of that behind the scenes. Uh, I wrote a book called Press and Media for Entertainers a few years back, and it was talking about how I feel every entertainer, I don't care if you're the local magician, uh, kids party magician, I don't care if you're uh, touring the college circuit, uh, I don't care what you do, every magician should have press and media in their business. It's a chance for you to get tens of thousands of dollars of free promotion and advertising and marketing. And um, I think that's that's one of the things I talk about. So with that in mind, the three types of performances that I think everybody should have in their business is their stage performance, what they, you know, their 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 show, their magic show. The actual show we do on stage. The actual show we do on stage, right. That's what we're paid for. That's what the people see us as. But also, um, we should have our press and media performance, which is uh, what we do when we get a TV spot or a radio segment or something like that, how to best utilize that to, to result in whatever our desired goal is, bookings, traffic, attendance, ticket sales, whatever the case may be. So you and, need and to be clear, this media show is not necessarily just a piece of our show that we take on. No, the, the TV. that's one of the things I talk about in the book. The biggest mistake I see magicians do is to perform magic on a TV show, on a TV segment. If somebody comes to you and say, we've got a five minute segment and um, the hosts come on and say, oh, it's great to have you here. You're appearing at the Riverfest this weekend. Why don't you show us some magic? That's the exact wrong way to approach a media piece. Because once you get into the magic, everything else is tuned out. Everything else is a quick plug. Okay, he'll be at the Magic uh, Riverfest stage this weekend. Stop by and see him. You know, I, I approach media just like a performance market. You know, performance markets are like, you could be a kid's entertainer, you could do schools, you could do colleges, you could do cruise ships, you could do trade shows. Those are all performance markets. And I believe press and media should be approached as a performance market. Most magicians performing in the media look like a deer in headlights. Yes, they're familiar with the, 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 uh, the tricks that they're doing or the effects, but they're not a media performer. And that it really kind of sinks them. So we, we teach you how to utilize those performances, how to become a media performer and get the most out of those. So the first one was the performance you do on stage. The second one was the performance you do in the media. And the third one, and really one of the most important, they're all equally important, but this is the one that I think a lot of people overlook, is the performance you do on the phone. You know, when you present and sell 
your business. One of the biggest misnomers that I see with those that I consult or coach, and this is part of that default mentality again, is, hey, I've got to get this show performance ready. Okay, I've got my show performance ready. Now it's time to market and start getting some bookings. And I just about want to scream every time I hear that because that couldn't be further from the truth. There is a piece, and I'm talking a huge piece, in between the show and in the time we start booking. And that is creating the, the aspects of your business, how to present yourself, the marketing materials you have, understanding your market, doing research and due diligence, and you know just so many things. When the phone rings, what good is it to do all of that, to get your show ready and to start marketing that if the phone rings, you can't close but three to 5% of your inquiries. That's terrible. All of your work and marketing went for nothing. The idea is to market when you're ready to market and you're not ready to market until the other pieces are in place. So when that phone rings or you get an online inquiry, you know exactly how to tackle it, how to present it. And when you're talking to people on the phone, it should be like a performance. There should be an opening. There should be introducing yourself, thanking them for calling, setting it up, gathering information from them, and peeking out with your big close at the end, which is asking for the booking and really getting them pumped up to have you. So I approach selling and presenting ourselves just like a performance, beginning, middle, and end. Wow. Okay, that uh, I think for anyone listening should be pure gold right there. This this <laughs> idea of the three performances, which I think is absolutely lost on most of us. We just don't think in that way, but it's but it's absolutely true, right? It is, and you know it's funny because we have this up and down roller coaster in our head. It's like, oh, I did this marketing, and I hope we get some some uh, hits on it, whether it's emails or postcards or an ad in a paper or whatever newspaper. And then when the phone rings and somebody says, yes, I'm calling about your services, then you get all excited, like, all right. And then they blow it, you know, and it's like, you've got to know what you get. That's where you got to kick into that performance that you know just as well as your, your, your onstage performance. And, oh, my gosh, you know, if, if done right, you should be their only choice. You should be the preferred choice. And if they decide to be one of these people that says, well, thank you so much, you've been more than helpful, but I, I do want to contact a couple of others to just get some other ideas and talk to a couple others. At least now you have set the bar at a level that these other people have to be compared to. And, you know, that's all part of the process. Entertainment business is many different facets and it's a process and it differs from traditional business. Okay. So let's say after listening to this podcast, you have some people going, maybe, maybe I should get a coach or maybe I should look at that. How do people, how do you even find a coach? Well, that's kind of a, I guess it's a tricky thing. There's not a lot of us out there. Um, the ones that are out there, here's the difference from myself and a lot of others is a lot of others teach from their own experience. In other words, they teach what they did to get where they are. I am uh, a magician and I, I've toured for the cruise lines and this is how I did it. Or I'm, a, you know, whatever. They tell their story based on their own experience. And while that is good and there are things that you can take from there, the reality is you're learning 
something that happened for them in their market, at their age, with their resources, in their situation, following their path. Most peoples are not the same. And, you know, I get this all the time. One of the questions I get is, yeah, I'm, I get three fifty dollars a show. And then I hear these guys talking about they get $5,000 or $6,000 a show. I got to think they're just full of crap. I mean, is that true? That can't be, can it? And the idea is they're comparing kumquats to watermelons. You know, <laughs> you, you might be working the blue and gold circuit of, of Cub Scouts, where the maximum you can get 350 for that market is pretty good. But if they're making five grand a, uh, a booking, it's probably in a different market. You're working a consumer market. They may be working a professional, but there's, there's so many things. And this is what magicians love to do is compare themselves to others. And one of the first things I do is, is try to take them away from that and say, no, let's create what you want to be the way you want to be. So, um, so as far as finding them, most people look on forums or magic clubs or things like that. Others, one of the problems I have is a lot of people I work with don't want to talk about it. You know, maybe they think it's a sign of weakness that I've hired a, a coach or a consultant, or I don't want somebody to know that I'm I'm getting help, or I'm about to break into the trade show industry, and I I don't want the other guys in my market to know anything about it. You know, so it's kind of uh, there's a confidentiality to it. It's not that they're embarrassed; it's just they don't want to share much. You know, so uh, sometimes they'll talk to other people that they've heard of had a coach and ask for a, a referral or recommendation. But I think if you're looking for it, um, you'll find it eventually. Yeah, and it's kind of funny you said earlier about they're afraid to say they're looking for a coach. When any of the magicians who are on television have a, a host of magicians that work with for them behind the scenes, helping them, you know, with whatever Absolutely. to make to look better and whatever. Right? Exactly. Sure. Nobody does this themselves, and if you try to do it yourselves, a it's probably going to be incomplete. And B, it's probably going to take an incredible amount of time. So one of the things coaching does is, is zero it in on your specific needs and interests, but it also shortens that learning curve. Man, you're working every day towards your goal in your markets and everything else, and it's as it applies directly to you. And uh, most of them, their head is spinning with how much they don't know. You know, I always say you don't know how much you don't know. The follow-up to that is you also don't know how much you don't know and or how much you know incorrectly and once we get into it boy that's one of the first breakthroughs they, the breakthroughs they see is like wow this this is much more and a lot of guys this is the other footnote to all of this too christian is a lot of people will say i got into magic because of the art i absolutely fear dread hate the business side of things i would rather hire somebody to do it for me a lot of guys that are married tend to dump it off on their wife. <laughs> you know? I'll be the talent and you be the business. And you know they'll go to great lengths to avoid this. And what I find out what is most rewarding to me is once they get into a coaching or consulting program, when they come to me and say, oh my gosh, this is actually fun. This is so cool, you know, doubling my price, tripling this, beating last year's numbers, going into a new market, um, you know, I tried school market before and I couldn't break the $450 price point. And you're showing me how to get, you know, $1,500, $2,000, dollars per school assembly, you know, uh, per school booking, you know, and that's the other thing. Most people only look at, 
at things on a surface level. We tend to go much deeper. So, yeah, that's a big breakthrough, breakthrough when they say, hey, this is actually fun. <laughs> right. So now we're getting to the part of the show I, I, I put you under some more pressure. and oh. uh, But somehow I don't think it's going to be pressure for you. I think you've already heard all these <laughs> tough questions. But when you get these students and you start working with them in the first beginning, what's a question they never ask you but they should be asking you? What would you do differently or what am I doing wrong or what don't I know? What, what am I missing? What can you teach me that I, I don't have here? Um, it, it's usually more of an observation thing. Them telling me their goals and where they're at and then me filling in the bridge or the, the gap between the two. Then, then they take that and they process that for a week because most of my students we, and clients, we meet weekly. We talk weekly. And then they come back with a second set of questions. But the biggest thing I would say about anything anybody discuss is ask how and why and what the benefits are. How does that change things? Uh, people just hear something and they accept it at face value. Or they take it out, worse yet, they take it out of context and apply it to themselves how they think it applies to them rather than how it was intended. So I, I think that how and why and what are the differences and the benefits and the results of this uh, really is eye-opening to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, and especially as you said in the beginning, you mentioned that people come to you thinking, all I need from Robin is the silver bullet. Just give me that one thing and I'm, I'm you know, ready to move yeah. on that. And, yeah. and it seldom is <laughs> one silver bullet. It, it seldom is. In the, what, I think that's one of the breakthroughs and the aha moments that they have is when they realize, oh, this is missing. This is being done incorrectly. The reason this needs to happen here is because of this and this and this and this over here then changes. And then they see how it all fits together. I talk about a business operational system is that component missing between the show and marketing. And nobody understands what that is, and I understand that. That's what we get into in the program. And and once they understand all of these moving parts, it's like you don't just sit down and start to create a one sheet or a video. No, you create it with something purposeful in mind, a specific goal, specific intent, a specific vision serving a specific purpose. And once they see it all come together, you know, that's the beauty of it. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I can't wait to, and it's, and because I, I, we do things in a sequential order, they're ready to jump on it tomorrow and get it out there. And it's like, nope, now that that's ready, we got to go on to this. And then we got to go on to this. And is the, is your promo congruent with your website? And when all of these things are ready, uh, do you understand the importance of building a list and, you know, uh, prospecting and lead generate all of these things that have to be in place for the system to work right. When it does work right, it's a beautifully fine oiled machine that uh, will serve them long for many years. And that's the other thing. When they first come to me, they just wanna improve their performance and bookings. Then they start seeing that this is a business and that this can be scalable and this can turn into multiple sources of income. And this is an entity that when they retire, they can hand down to their kids. They can sell. It's an entertainment business that's got value. Some people retire on it. So there's a lot of uh, a lot more to it than meets the eye. Robin, we've come to the end of the show, but I want to thank you so much for coming on. What great information you've shared with everyone. Uh, thanks a lot. 
thank you so much for having me on. And, and anytime you want to talk more entertainment business, I'm available. Thank you for listening to our Magic Business Podcast. Please visit the magicoracle.club where you can hear all of our Magic Business Podcasts and enjoy a vast array of additional magic knowledge. I'd like to leave you with this quote from Timothy Galway. Coaching is unlocking a person's potential to maximize their own performance. It is helping them to learn rather than just teaching them. As always, we at the Magic Oracle wish you continued success on your path in the magical arts.